This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome back to the Ops Authority Podcast. I am thrilled today to have a friend here, a peer, someone I look up to in a roundabout space of operations, and we're going to chat with Shanalyn today. Before we get there, I want to share a little bit about her. She is a community strategist behind many of the seven and eight figure brands that you love and know. With more than a decade of experience, she's been speaking about online communities since 2008. Now, Shanna, that is, that's taken us way back, but they've been important all the way from then till today. She's worked with industry leaders such as Sue McLaren, Jennifer Allwood, and Corrine Crabtree to help guide their community strategy and empower their community teams. As the founder of Community Cultivated, Shanna helps online business owners maximize their profit and multiply their impact through community consulting, training, and support. You heard that word profit, which is something that a lot of our listeners, all of us should be really focused on because we're operators. A Nashville native, Shanna lives in the suburbs with her hubby and three little kiddos. She enjoys regular visits from her oldest kiddo and her grandbaby. When she's not knee deep in community work, you'll find her eating too much avocado, trying to sneak away for time on her paddleboard. You can connect with her each week on her podcast, Community Creators, where she delivers bite-sized episodes with proven strategies, actionable tactics, and innovative ideas that will increase your reach, retention, and revenue. Shanna, welcome to the podcast. Hey, friend. It's good to be here. I'm so excited to spend some time with you. We met through mutual friends, and we got the opportunity to do a little Zoom date quite a while ago. And ever since then, we've just kind of been attracted to what That sounds kind of deep. Yeah, but <laughs> it is. Stay in touch. It's like yes. you have this similar connection in so many ways. And those are the relationships that I think are really important to lean into and nurture when you see them arise. Yes. Yes. And we, I love following your business journey. And I, of course, love the work that you do. I feel like it, it overlaps the work that myself and this entire community do. And so I'm excited to dive into what that looks like, what community building communities, building community managers, and what all of that can look like. As we get into that piece, I want to just share a little bit about why community is really important to me and just set this conversation up to be just that, a real conversation, just really knowing my personality and looking back over, you know, they say that you can connect the dots looking backwards, but looking forward, they're like a scatter plot, right? So as I look backwards on those very connected dots, one of the things that is truest to me from the time I was a child till today, not that I'm an old lady, but... (laughs) (laughs) all of those dots. It's the need for people. It's the need for interaction, for deep engagement. It's not even about an extrovert or an introvert. It's the, for me, it's just been really important in my life cycle to always be connected deeply. And I would focus more on the deeply than the quantity for me to people. And I think we all do this. Like it's not, I have always 
desired and wanted, you know, a strong friend community, but I've also desired that mentorship in my life. And I can think of this before mentoring was even a word that I looked for in my life, but, you know, I gravitated to specific teachers as I was growing up in our church community, in our neighborhood, in our family. Like there's always been a strong presence of somebody throughout all the different dots or stages throughout my life. And so as I take that information about myself and I look forward, especially where I am today, or let's just go eight years ago when I was starting this business, I was like, man, what is it about me? And I went through a lot of exploration that I've talked a lot about here on this podcast, but how do we get to where we are today? I think one important piece is knowing you, because at the end of the day, we're starting a business that's got to reflect us, or it's not going to feel good. It's not going to be authentic. It's not going to be, it's not going to bring ease. And that was clearly what I was looking for. So in that exploration, I was looking at what and who is Natalie and a very large piece of that outside of my skills. This is like looking deeper into the Natalie, the me that has carried through this entire time, those traits, those gifts, those needs and desires. Community was really one of them and having deep impact through that was something that I was, I knew from no matter what kind of business I was going to build, no matter what kind of model, what kind of name, what, whatever it was going to be, it was definitely going to be leveraging those relationships. And, you know, that has been true when I have tried to do different business models and different, different things in this last eight years of being in business that didn't include that deep connection. They always fell apart. They didn't feel like me. They didn't feel like I was doing my life's work. And so I've built different things, different offers. Right now, we're going into Growth Getters Live, our live event here in San Antonio, April the 11th through the 13th. If you're looking for tickets and you're a service provider, you're looking to build and grow a business, I would definitely want you to be here. But even looking at that, like why do I invest a lot of time, energy, effort, resources, into having a live event. It's one of the hardest things that you can do. Shane and I were talking about that before we went live here, but it's one of the hardest things you can do as a business owner. But why do I do it? Because I dream of the experience that we're all going to have in that room, connected face-to-face, nose-to-nose, toes-to-toes, whatever you want to say. But what happens in that community environment allows you to transform so much faster. And that's what I'm on earth for. Like, that's what I know my purpose is for. And so, you know, that's one aspect, but then even in our programs, even in investing in our own Facebook community, right? It's all around building a community of like-minded people where we can grow and expand and transform alongside one another. So that's a little bit of my backstory as to why I love the work that you do, why I value the work that you do. It feels very, it is just the ethos of me. I think that that's part of it. Yes, you add skills, experiences, and other pieces here to get to the world of operations. But that's what I find really important in the work that I am doing and probably a lot of the people that are listening to us today. Yeah. And I love that you shared that because I think everybody kind of has that desire for community, whether they realize it or not. Like we are created, I mean, as a Christian, we are created in the image of a communal God. And so we are innately, we have this desire for community. And I think for some people, they feel like, well, I don't really have that desire. And oftentimes I find it's either because we've been wounded by community in the past. And so we've shut off. We don't feel safe. There's a fear around community. Or it's because our perspective of community is 
at a certain scale. So oftentimes the introverts are like, I'm not a community person. I'm like, you are, mm-hmm. but at a scale that feels comfortable to you, which is maybe a smaller group, a deeper connection with fewer people. But at the end of the day, we all desire to know and to be known. And those are the two things that we're trying to create in the communities that we build is that sense of belonging that comes from being known and knowing others. Yes, that's such good perspective. Shannon, give us a little background into your history and what got you here to 2008 and starting this business. Yeah, it's kind of fascinating because my love of community actually came from a lack of community growing up. Like I had a little bit of a rough childhood and spent a lot of time feeling like nobody really knew what was going on inside of my life or my home. And we experienced a traumatic event when I was 13 where community should have been there, right? If we were living in this world that I believe is the best world that we can live in, which is one where everybody has a really strong and connected community. If we're living in that world, then I would have been supported. I wouldn't have been alone in that space. And so I kind of went on this journey of trying to live without community and then realizing that I wasn't showing up fully as myself. And when I finally found a community that I felt safe in, that I could connect with, where I felt like I could be known... I showed up more fully in the world. And that's really my hope is that when we create a place where people feel like they can belong, even if it's just in this business community, or even if it's in a team that you're helping cultivate a culture, right? When you create a place where people feel like they can belong, they show up more fully in the world. And that means that we get better parents, better teachers, better businesses. It just has this incredible ripple effect. And so I didn't know it when I first got into the marketing space, but I I actually went to college for marketing. I was writing papers on marketing and speaking on marketing, even as a college student, about how to create community in virtual reality worlds. Even back then, it's kind of weird, Mm -hmm. but community, virtual reality worlds, and online marketing. So I was speaking on that and got a career in the corporate world for an academic medical center, really helping them take what they were doing with their patients, build communities through social media online, And ended up going into consulting and helping traditional businesses take what they were doing in the traditional marketing sense and bring it online. So that's really how I got into that space from a business perspective. But then from a personal perspective, I had a marriage blog and I was running wives nights in my house where I was connecting different generations of wives. And I was running the local mom's Facebook group for my community. And I was always having an open door policy in my home and inviting people in. And those two things ended up really merging when Stu McLaren, who, if you're not familiar with him, he trains people how to start and grow memberships. I was a part of his community because I was launching my own and and he reached out and just said, hey, you have this amazing giftedness in marketing. You have this amazing giftedness in community and you're just this incredible human being. We would love to have you as our director of community. Would you be open to entertaining coming in in that sort of role for us? And so he essentially became my first true community client. Whereas before I was doing that work, but it was more under like the guise of marketing. They would bring me in to help them get more business and I would integrate community in to help them do that. But really managing the back end of a paid program experience and helping people really make progress and cultivate that strong community started when Stu reached out to me and then it's just blossomed ever since. Wow, what a great first client to have. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Not only him, but just what he builds and how he leads. I mean, that had to be a phenomenal experience for you. 
I, I have to share something that's a little personal and maybe not everybody here knows. And I know you probably don't know this, but when I left my corporate career, I had just like I was describing to you guys, I had that, I knew that I had to, I had a calling to cultivate community and to pull people together. And so the very first business that I set up, it lasted about two years once I left corporate, but it was my very first entrepreneurial journey. And I created a blog called the More Mom Movement. <laughs> and I, love it. I mean, at that point, my kids were, you know, grade school age, you know, they were, I think six and nine at the time. So they were younger and I was pulling together moms of like age children and we would get together. We had, you know, it was very life coachy like, and my mind at that point was to pull women together so that we didn't feel alone, that we had the ability to get out of our house. And this was really geared around working women because I was coming from a little bit of a wounded corporate experience at the same time. And I was wounded because I, I was pulled. I wanted to be both mom and, and high achieving woman. And it was just, it was difficult. So when I left that, I was like, oh, I'm going to save the working women of America. Like, this is what we're going to do here in San Antonio, Texas. And then we're going to take this global. I had a really, really big vision. And to be honest, I'm still on fire for that. My kids are at different stages. And I often think back, even recently, I've been thinking back to that point. And wow, like that business would not even serve me today with the ages of my kids. But then it was a mission. It was on my heart. And it was the easiest expression of myself in a time where I took a hard left turn, right? Like I walked out of something very stable, very financially fulfilling. And I knew that if I wanted to be my next best self, I had to serve the real Natalie, which was building communities. And I was lucky to have a taste in doing that in corporate. I led a mentorship program for 6,000 people, which was huge. I mean, the company I worked at was was enormous, but setting that infrastructure and making connections. I still remember sitting across from people in the hallway and different, you know, different conference rooms, just building those connections of people. And that's what I wanted to do in my very first endeavor outside of corporate. So funny that you say that because that's when this is very important to you, you see it in your work. You know, it's not just a yeah. skill or trait that you have, you see it in your work. And I think we're both really, you know, I think it's been a gift to us as we continue to grow. So, yeah. And I think a lot of people listening are probably like, oh, I know that feeling so well, because I know that you're working with a lot of service providers and many of them that have walked away from corporate traditional jobs, which it was my scenario as well. And that was the loneliest season of my life was when I made that decision mm -hmm. to walk away. I was in my early 20s. I was surrounded by a bunch of men and my friends didn't get it. You know, they did not understand what I was trying to do. They thought, you know, we were desperate for money. They didn't understand my passion for what I was trying to create and how I was trying to create it. And, you know, I was still figuring out a lot myself, but it took me years to find a community of online entrepreneurs that I connected with and even still just curating even now my own mastermind that allows me to go even deeper with a smaller group that align on many levels. But that's why communities like the one you run with Ops Authority is so valuable because you need to have people coming alongside you. Like, yes, can you get a lot of great information on YouTube? Sure, you can, but information is 20% in building a business. The other 80% is relationships and mindset. And so if you don't have that community to build alongside you and to help you when you hit those roadblocks, 
then you're going to have a lot longer journey and a lot lonelier journey than people are who are in a community like what you've created. Right. And people give up when you're not surrounded by people. It's so easy to give up and to give in and to feel that sense of failure because you're not being supported truly. And so you see businesses, unsupported businesses will fall off faster. They don't give themselves the runway that you can when you've got, it's basically armor around you. You know, if I'm struggling, I know who to reach out to for different things. And does it take time? Yes. But I also know, Shanna, that in our community, a lot of women who are coming into our certification, they come here, not necessarily saying my most important thing is to find community, but it is a beautiful byproduct of Mm -hmm. what we provide. Now it's intentional for us because a lot of people are coming here for knowledge. They're coming here for frameworks They're coming here so that they can amplify their business. And, you know, that's probably the number one thing that they're looking at, but we hear that word community more than I expected. It's, you know, built into our infrastructure here. We don't promote it probably as much as we should, but when we get women inside of our program, that is one of the first things we hear, which is, I have been building this business, but I feel lonely. You know, I've been doing these things and I don't feel like anyone understands me or anyone knows me, right? So you get a homogenous enough group together and all of us, of course, we're different in many ways, but we've got a common thread which makes us express ourselves. We're more comfortable to express ourselves. All of a sudden, when we're talking about those crazy visionaries that have way too many ideas, move way too fast, have no idea how long it really takes to get things done, all of a sudden we're like, I found my person. Yeah, She understands this because I have been knocking my head against the wall trying to explain this to my leader. And now I'm sitting across somebody who's done this, who has been in that exact same scenario, who has wisdom, to share with me. And now I feel like I've got a friend, right? Yeah. And I have chills as I'm sharing that. So I know it's really important to our community. We have a lot of self-proclaimed introverts inside of our community as well, who don't, who report not feeling comfortable saying like, Hey, Shanna, let's have a coffee chat. I don't know you from Adam, but let's hop on the phone. You know, that's not very common. So I feel like I have such a great opportunity to build those natural connections to where it's natural and easy for me to say, Hey, you had that client situation or, Hey, you've done this, or you've tried this. Let's hop on a, on a phone call. It's less of a cold pitch. You know, it's, there's a connection there. There's a fiber there that connects us. Yeah. And that really speaks to having a really strong cause and a really strong culture, which are two of the pillars of my framework. And that causes that common mission that we're all working on together. And you've created that. And because everybody's there, right, to serve in an operational aspect. And then you have that culture where you really help define the beliefs, the behaviors, the boundaries, so that everybody feels safe and comfortable because we kind of know what the ground rules are. We know the playground we're playing on. You know, people talk all the time about less structure or more structure, but the reality is the human brain needs structure. So when we have that culture in place, then people are really able to show fully because they're not so worried about towing the line or stepping over the line or is this okay here? How do I fit in? Because you've laid it out for them already. You are singing our song over here. (laughs) Your brain desire, everyone's brain, regardless of how you describe yourself, if you're a CEO, if it does not even matter, everyone's brain desires structure here. So we, we understand and we've chatted about the importance and the depth and the importance to us of what community is. And I'm assuming that desire and your experience with Stu, which kind of started this off, began the exploration of how we can strategically 
add that community piece, which is where I'm assuming community management came into your head, your heart, and your space. Yeah. So for me, it's kind of interesting because a lot of people aren't even sure what community management is. They often think it's being one of two things, a Facebook group manager or a cheerleader. Whenever I start working with a new client and they are telling me that they want more, where they want to increase their retention, they feel like their community manager is not the person capable of doing that. I find that they have been bucketed into one of those two categories. This is the person that manages my Facebook group, or this is, you know, a cheerleader, a support person. Oftentimes we end up hiring somebody who is one of our best customers, right? That's something that we do. But the truth is, is that the community manager in many smaller businesses is really playing two roles. They're playing this engagement manager role, which is the relationship piece. It's that nurturing the group, the actual platform, right? It's moderating the comments. It's creating the post. And then there's the program manager piece, which is more operational. And in smaller companies, the community manager ends up fulfilling this program manager role. Now, a lot of my clients have scaled to the point where they do have dedicated program managers, operation managers, they have project managers, right? But when you're starting out early, that community manager plays that program manager role where they're coming in, they're making sure that the program stays running, that the deliverables are getting out at the quality that they want and the accuracy and the time, right? They're thinking through all of the experience, like the onboarding and how are we nurturing people and getting them to make progress. So when you merge those two things together, you get what I call as a community cultivator, which is somebody who is fulfilling the role of carrying the torch of that vision of the business owner into the community. They're creating connections among community members, and they're also serving as that progress guide. So they're thinking about how are we structuring this program in a way that is helping people take action and make progress? And then how am I as the community manager leveraging all of our resources and leveraging all of the connection to help them make progress? And this is where you know, you start to think more strategically, more proactively as a community manager versus really reactively. But at the end of the day, every single one of those aspects requires somebody to be operational in their thinking. I have a a podcast episode where I explain the difference between an operational mindset and a strategic mindset and why both of those are required for a community manager. Because community managers are dealing with a lot of systems and processes that need to run very smoothly and effectively so that they're freeing up time for more human connection, more strategic thinking. And you also need somebody who's very detail-oriented because they really are the gateway between your community and you and you and your community. And they're the one making sure that all of the work that you're putting into leading these programs, whatever it might be, that that's getting communicated effectively to your members. And that means the correct day, the correct time, making sure we don't drop the ball and forget that something needs to be promoted, Mm -hmm. making sure we have the right Zoom link in there. And when that stuff goes wrong, it is a huge ripple effect in the business. It affects support. It affects the community. It affects people's trust and ultimately leads to decreased retention. So that's where I see those things kind of all coming together and merging. Goodness, I was taking so many notes. (laughs) (laughs) because where we started with this, and thank you for that explanation. I think that it's kind of like 
a DOO. People ask me all the time, like, what is a DOO? What do they right. do? And how do they show up? And because we have, you know, so many different ideas of what that actually means. And maybe you've got some history with somebody with that title. And so that informs your brain. And so both DOO and this community cultivator, both of them are like, give me a little bit more. And so thanks for, for laying that out there. And personally, I know in my own experience of being the DOO inside of many large companies, I have seen leaders not put the resources to this that they need, or they have assigned this as like a subtask to somebody else on their team because it was Mm -hmm. just easy and they don't know the strategy that actually has to go into this. So it's a very, very, very important role. I promise you the success of our program, the completion rate, the graduation rate, the, the satisfaction of our program specifically is completely changed and positively impacted because the description that you have here is included inside of our program, right? Mm -hmm. It's everything. And it's exactly what I wanted. I wanted someone to feel shepherded as they went through this content. It's a lot of content. I mean, Shannon, we have 120 videos inside of, I mean, six months. It's a lot, a lot, a lot of work. And it's so easy to give up on the long-term goal, right? We see this in weight loss. We see this in health journeys. We see this in business and all kinds of things. So having this cultivator carry the line through is really, really just, it's invaluable in the success of your brand, of your deliverables. But to me, one of the notes I wrote down was of your promise, right? leaders and visionaries, they come in with this big promise, but a lot of times they don't think or take the time to think about how we're actually going to deliver. We'll think of the overarching, like the content we're going to put out and maybe they'll gloss over the experience that we're going to give, but very rarely do you see a quick start, a visionary, a CEO put the time and intensity into the specifics of what really needs to happen to fully deliver or even over deliver on the promise. And the promise always comes down. You see the promise being carried out inside of the program or the, you know, we'll say program in this capacity, because a lot of people that we're working with have programs of some, in some capacity or events, but they're onboarding, they're taking care of clients, even in an agency setting, right? So manager and engagement, that engagement piece. I just want to call this out really quick, especially for DOOs who are listening today, who are inside of businesses that leverage or need to leverage this type of a role. Help your leader to know that it's not just engaging in post, right? It's not, that is not what community management truly is. That's one aspect to it, but there is that whole operational arm that I see people in our space really forgetting. They think, oh, well, I'm just going to have someone go in one hour a day and engage in all of these posts or send a DM or to me, I would consider those light touches. They really don't have a deep impact. What has a deep impact is the resourcefulness that an operator, someone with an operational mindset and skill set can come in with. And that's where, you know, Shana, you talked about the service piece. You talked about the detail. You talked about when I say resourcefulness, I think about, oh, I'm working with, or I'm, I'm just paying attention, really paying attention to this group that's coming in here. You see a couple people struggling or a couple people not engaging and not showing up for themselves. And what do you do? 
Well, we've got to get with them. We want to anticipate them, right? So that's where the resourceful piece comes in. And I think that that's what sets all operators, regardless of what you call yourself, what capacity you show up in, it makes you invaluable inside of a company because you are saving either a reputation, you're saving an experience, you're saving a client and the long-term value of that by not you know, letting that person go. And it's so easy to let them go. It's really easy. The reason this role exists, I mean, that's part of the return on investment in this role, right, Shanna, is mm-hmm. you're keeping people engaged, you're getting the satisfaction, you're keeping them in your community. And and without it, I think financially, we run a risk of damaging ourselves. Which I think also is where operators come in is really helping business owners understand the value of the team members that they have and be able to measure that value. And so we talk a lot about metrics inside of my training because I think it's really important for community manager that feels like a very fluffy role to have some metrics behind it. And so when operators are looking at metrics around retention rate, are they also looking at metrics around the progress? How many stories are we getting submitted? How many wins? do we have posted in the community? Can we actually measure how many people are active in our program right now? So those are all of those leading metrics that kind of are early indicators for that lagging metric of retention. And so when an operator can call a community manager to be accountable to those metrics in a way and support them in knowing where those metrics are, how to identify those, it empowers that community manager to start thinking more proactively and to really go from that place of just being a Facebook group manager or a cheerleader to that progress guide, to that community cultivator that has that greater business goal of retention in mind. Yes. I, man, I feel like I would be a great community manager. (laughs) Like sign me up. This is all heart, a lot of process. You mentioned process earlier. And of course, process always sparks our operational brains because you guys know this from the work that we do, right? From an onboarding perspective, you know, we want to make sure that we have a repeatable process. And so we document the process and navigate through the structure there. And I wanted you guys to take home that, You hear community manager and regardless of what you think, now you have a definition of what quality looks like in this role, whether you are playing that role. A lot of operators in smaller businesses, as you indicated earlier, Shanna, I have played this role inside of companies and it's hard. They're lean, lean companies because they're small. They don't have Mm -hmm. a lot of profit margin, but like 30% of my time as an ops manager at, you know, at one point in my career was spent inside of a program. And it was that program manager. It it couldn't just be a program manager. Even if they were wanting me to be a program manager, I knew for the betterment of the program, I had to include this other piece here. It wasn't just, you know, does everyone have the link? Does everyone, those are pieces that are very important, but, you know, putting in that extra heart engagement thought into the full experience is a game changer. So if you're on lean teams, you know, understand that this is a piece of it, but I want you guys to walk away with what a true community manager, what a community cultivator. I love that term, by the way, it's really two-sided and Shanna, you've really helped us to see the importance of it. Tell us a little bit more about how you train and guide people who desire to have this skill set. We get a lot of people with program management experience here. And so this may help them to see what more they could do with that gift. 
Yeah, of course. I used to teach in-person workshops where I was leading like Amy Porterfield's team, Jasmine Starr's team and training them and then eventually have turned that into an online course. So the course is called Cultivate. It's a course that you can go through self-paced and there's some support elements throughout that course. But the course is different because it's not platform specific. I don't talk about the tactics of how to set up a Facebook group or anything like that. It is more about how to change the way you think about community from a strategic perspective, how to develop that community strategy, and then the proactive running of a community. And so oftentimes I have business owners that go through this because they know I eventually want to have a community manager, but ultimately I just need to have a better understanding of how to create a more thriving community. And so they'll go through it. I have business owners that will go through it with their community manager. I just had an an entire team of 10 people Mm -hmm. go through it together because they really saw that their problem with their membership was community. And they saw how every single team member played a role in that. And so I think it's a, a really valuable course for anybody who is especially involved in running any type of program, whether that's a membership, a course, a group coaching program, you see that community is essential for the effective running of that program. And you want to get a high level understanding, but also get some really practical tools and tactics that can help increase the efficiency of managing that community. That's what the course is. And it's nice because it's something that I've had people go through and binge because it's very short intentionally very focused. I've had people just binge it because they want the understanding. And then I have people who are those community managers that are day in and day out in that course using it as a resource. Very cool. I can see my entire team because that's who I am. And so the people that I bring on, the reason, I mean, it's like I mentioned earlier, it's like the ethos of me and what I do here. And so I can see all seven of us going through this because we're all expected, you know, we all have a hand in this part. So I can see all of us going through that. The other thing is, as you were talking, I'm thinking, you know, yes for memberships, yes for group programs, but then there's that piece, which is ever popular today of courses and evergreen and quote unquote passive. I say this in big air quotes because yeah. ain't nothing <laughs> passive about it, but you know, these passive structures that exist. And even if I were going to put out a, a course, if you will, Shanna, I would still it's not like just buy my course in peace, go on your way. I feel like I would not be delivering on my promise, which is to, you know, I would want to make sure that they could fully get way more than they wanted. And this type of a role, even if it is a more of a passive opportunity or a course, a self-led course, I'd still want the experience to be there. I would still want community to come about from it. And I know, you know, Amy Porterfield has a program like this with something, you know, there's a lot of people out there that do this, but it's not just for memberships. It's not just for group programs. That's really the point I'm trying to take is it's for everything. It enhances the learning experience, which enhances the success of your program, your reputation, the deliverable, the promise that you have. And all of those should be important to every single business owner. Yeah. And it's interesting because a lot of people will actually go through my program just because they want to see how I structure it because I actually don't have a Facebook group or a community platform associated with the program. And part of that is intentional for 
two reasons. One is I know community managers will just hang out in the Facebook group and that'll be distracting from their job. And I don't want that. But the other is because I want to show people and model for them how you can serve your members, even if you don't have a community platform. Because so often people come in and they're like, my community is my Facebook group. And I really want them to change their thinking that the community are the group of people that you serve. And we need to stop thinking about just how do I do this through Facebook? We need to just go, these are the people I want to serve. This is the outcome I'm trying to help them achieve. And let me use every tool and resource at my disposal to serve them in that way. That's really rich. That is very rich because I think it's an easy checkbox to say, oh, I've got a Facebook group. That's my community. I've done that. Honestly, I'll raise my hand and say, I did that when we started this podcast three years ago. I was like, oh, this will be the podcast community. And while it was somewhat trending at that point, but it's like, you can put the the shell there all day long. If you don't have intentionality behind it, it's flat. It's just another space on the internet. Right. Well, Shanna, thank you so much for being here. Share a little bit about where people can learn more about you and also about Cultivate. Yeah, of course. So if you want to connect with me, the best way is to connect with me on my podcast. So every Tuesday, I release a new episode, Community Creators with Shanna Lynn. You can also find me on Instagram, DM me at Shanna Speaks. Say hello. Let me know you listened to the episode. I always love that. And then if you are interested in getting this higher level perspective on what it means to cultivate a community, just go to communitycultivated.com and you can learn all about the course. Yeah. And I think I want to add, even if it's not for you bringing this to your leader, you know, if this is a model, which I'm sure it is that your leader is using, it may not be you and it could be you, but if it's somebody else or a potential role that you're looking at when you're designing their org design, maybe this would be really good intel for you, for the leader to get some perspective in what that role could look like. So wanted to put that in there too. Shanna, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.